Hello everyone, welcome to Bubble Storia, a mental health podcast for high school students with a wide range of topics ranging from friendships to family and school issues. Hosted by a high school student, we aim to inform peers and adults of critical mental health issues and provide practical strategies to promote mental health. Bubble Storia is also a safe space for you to share personal stories and build community support. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, so if you need further mental health assistance and treatment, or if you have any mental health symptoms while listening, I encourage you to reach out to a counselor, your advisor, or someone that you trust in your community. Without further ado, let's get started for the first episode of Bubble Storia. My name is Vivian, and I'm your host today. Today's topic focuses on work-life balance and stress management. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by all the schoolwork you have to do? Have you ever felt stressed about a quiz, test, or exam? Have you ever struggled to stay in on a Friday night to finish work or hang out with friends and going to events? Well, I can see the obvious answers that most, I bet a solid 99% of you guys are going to respond with a yes. Because guess what? I am your fellow teenager and like everyone else, I am also experiencing an exhausting amount of work and stress every day. So here comes a critical question for all of us. When academic demands become stressful and when the demands exceed our resources of coping, what should we do? Well, the answer is long and pretty complicated, but we will try to resolve it for you guys in today's episode. So why not introduce today's guest speaker first, Dr. Shrella. Dr. Shrella is a counselor at my high school. Dr. Shrella, could you please introduce yourself a little bit, like your career briefly? Sure. Um, I'm Dr. David Shrella. I am a psychologist, and I'm here at Western Reserve uh, Academy. I'm the director of the Counseling and Psychological Services here. I've been a psychologist for probably, oh, I would say 30, 35 years. Uh, Now I started working in a children's hospital setting. And then um, I went into a private practice, and now I'm working at Reserve Academy and also in private practice. Thank you so much, Dr. Shrella. So a recent study published in journal Guidance and Counseling looked at students' perceptions of academic demands and stressors in school. And results showed that tests are a major stressor that many students faced. Students also realize the importance of homework and take it seriously, but they find it frustrating when teachers do not coordinate assignments and feel that they often do not have enough time to do their homework well. Students are also influenced by symptoms such as lack of concentration and trouble remembering. Are these some of the struggles that you are currently facing? If so, you are not alone because studies have shown that thousands of students are with you in this. So here comes a question for you, Dr. Shrella. How often do you have a student coming up to you talking about schoolwork and the stress, anxiety, and frustration coming from school? 
I would say often. I mean, we have a lot of students that talk to us for a variety of reasons. I would say the majority of the students talk to us about the stress and anxiety that they're experiencing um, regarding their academics. They're experiencing a lot of pressure, some of that pressure they put on mm -hmm. themselves. You know, we talk to students who have a lot of perfectionistic tendencies and want to do very well and feel very badly about themselves mm -hmm. uh, when they don't do well. So they set a very high bar for their expectations, and sometimes that bar is too high, and sometimes they're too critical of themselves. There's a lot of pressure that comes from parents. Uh, mm -hmm. Parents put a lot of pressure on their children to uh, excel and to succeed, and it may be more so at a boarding school with a very rigorous academic program like uh, WRA, because parents are finding or feeling that I'm sending you to this school so that you get a very good education, a transformative education, and if they feel you're not working up to your standards or to your expectations, they may put more pressure on you. So the pressure comes from all over. It comes from the student, from the parents and the teachers, and sometimes from other students. Uh, students like to compare themselves to other students. Yeah, definitely. You know, and sometimes that's not such a good thing. Uh, so that they, again, after a result of that comparison, they might start to feel more insecure, maybe feel like they're not as good as the students, as some of the other students. So um, it comes from a lot of different angles. So that's a long-winded answer to yes. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of students who are experiencing a great deal of academic stress. Mm -hmm. I know you've already touched on the frustration coming from high demand schoolwork. So how will you suggest students to deal with um, frustration such as coming from lack of motivation, trouble remembering, or lack of concentration? Like what are some healthy mechanisms we can adopt? I think that that begins with anytime you're experiencing any kind of stress or anxiety, whether it's from your academics, from friends, from parents, from family, uh, the most important thing that you begin with is to get enough sleep, eat properly, mm -hmm. and get mm -hmm. exercise. Those are the three basic things that you need to do to begin the process, okay? Mm -hmm. And then once you um, feel like you're doing that and you're okay with all of those kinds of things, then you need to take a look. You need perspective. That's a word that I talk to students about. Um, you know, take a look at your schedule, your academic schedule. Take a look at your sports or your athletic schedule, your social schedule. And then you start to very, in real time, start to organize yourself. Like, how much time am I going to spend today on mm -hmm. academics? How much am I going to do in athletics? And how much am I going to do being with my friends, playing video games, you know, uh, doing social media, whatever those things are, so that you have a realistic schedule in mind, and then you can plan, prioritize, and manage. Many of the students that I talk to who experience difficulty in school are having, not necessarily that they can't do the work, it's how to schedule it and manage it and prioritize their time. So it's, it's a question of, of being able to manage, prioritize, um, your time such that they can do what they need to do and sometimes students need help with that you know here at Western mm -hmm. Reserve Academy uh, their advisors might help their individual teacher might help a counselor might help or even those in the TAC would help a student to learn how to organize prioritize and manage their time more effectively so it's not a question of simply just studying but how to study efficiently you know how am mm -hmm. I going to schedule 
uh, my day so that I can study and get things done. I often ask students to talk to me and, and explain to me what they're going to do for the rest of the day. Like when you're done with your athletics and you have dinner, then what are you going to do? And sometimes they'll just say, like, I got to study. I'm going to study. And I ask them then to be very specific. Study what first? What second? Uh, if you're going to study math first, how long are you going to study it? Mm -hmm. Then what are you going to study? So that it helps them understand and, and think about their day so that it doesn't get away from them. Because sometimes mm -hmm. it's real easy at the end of the day thinking, oh, my God, I didn't get this done. I didn't do that. I got to go up. And then, then, as you mentioned earlier in your introduction, then you don't sleep, right? Because mm -hmm. you're staying up too late, mm -hmm. which means you're then tired the next day. So that planning is a real significant factor to help manage stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with having a schedule like every day or even like a weekly goal or monthly goal. Yeah, and I, also like prioritizing between different tasks, knowing like, this is the thing that's most important for this week. Maybe it's, I have like a math test this week. I have like um, a podcast I have to finish up next week, you know, mm -hmm. just prioritizing between different layers of task. I think that's really important. And, I, yeah. you know, that managing, like I'll have students tell me that I have a project due in two weeks. You know, you gave a very good example. Sometimes a week comes along and now you have five projects due. Or you have five exams, you know, and all of a sudden it hits you really hard because everything happens at the same time. So when the student says, I'm having trouble getting things done, well, the project was um, given two weeks ago, and now we're starting it, you know, two days before it's due. So we begin, we begin to talk again, like projecting themselves into the future, like, this is done in two weeks. What am I going to do today? What am I going to do next day, next day? How much am I going to do each day to continue to work toward that project? And then having the discipline to do that, you know. Mm -hmm. And also, we talk to students about when they do have the discipline to do that and do that, then how do they reward themselves? Like, what do you do mm -hmm. for yourself? Like, ah, I did it, you know. I did it today. Everything I set out to do, I did 90% of it. We're happy if you do 80% of it. You know, so if you get it done, then how are you going to reward yourself? You know, how are you going to take care of yourself? And that, again, can be listening to music, talking with friends, doing yoga, you know, whether it's some mindfulness activities, whatever you can find to do that helps you relax. Right. I think oftentimes another big question is, let's say if a student just finished all of the work um, she has to do for the day, and it's already 11 o'clock at night, so the student might think, um, okay, now it's the time for me to relax a little bit. You know, I've completed everything that I'm supposed to do, and I think I deserve a little reward, such as being on my phone for an hour. But oftentimes, students might not have the self-control to stop. The one hour expands longer, and the original 12 o'clock bedtime now becomes 1 or 2 a.m. So many of us don't have that kind of self-control when it comes to rewards. Researchers found that self-control regulates students' behavior, effect, and attention while completing a task, and is also associated with the ability to persevere during work. 
Therefore, the training of self-control, especially in adolescents, is not only a promising approach to improving students' ability to concentrate our learning tasks, but also to enhance their experience of life balance. So, how would you suggest to a student to practice self-control, like after I finish all my tasks, um, and to stop the desire for more rewards? Well, the first thing I would say is that we understand that even the people that have the best self-control are sometimes going to experience a lapse. Let's say, you know, and so don't、uh, feel bad about that. So that if you decided you're going to reward yourself for、uh, what your work's effort that day by talking on the phone for thirty、uh, minutes and you talk for two hours. As long as that's not every night, then that's okay, you know. So again, you want to keep the perspective. Again, you want to keep the perspective that I'm doing what I have to do to take care of myself. Sometimes, if I do a little bit more in any other direction, that's okay. Okay, so、mm-hmm. so that's the first thing. And then the whole thing with self-control, I, I, I'm just a firm believer is that we can control our emotions if we plan better, you know. So that if For example, here's here's a common example、uh, mm-hmm. that I see with students at Western Reserve Academy. They're behind, okay.、Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, in history they're falling behind, and the project's not due. And now they see that another project is coming up, and now that one's not done. And so now they're worried, they're anxious because they're falling further and further behind. And so now. Um, they're less likely to be motivated because I have so much to do to get caught up. So then, instead of doing anything, I'm going to go play a video game. I'm going to go sleep. I'm going to go do something mm-hmm, else. Mm-hmm. So that planning—if you can plan not to get behind—that doesn't create anxiety. That doesn't create anger. So then you lose control. Now you're thrashing in your room, or you're yelling and screaming, or you're having an emotional meltdown because you're so far behind. So it's very difficult then to control those emotions because they've been built up over a week or two. So allowing your emotions to be expressed is important. That's why getting back to exercising is important. Talking with other people is important.、Um, planning is important. All of that stuff is a preventative attempt or measure so that you don't get yourself in a situation where you lose control. Most people, when they lose control, there's a good reason for them to lose control. It's just it has gone so far that they just can't cope any longer, so they have to break down, and it's probably their body and their brain telling them, "You just got to stop. You know, you just got to stop for a while, reboot, and start over again." So I spend a lot of time talking with students, like, "Can we get together with a teacher? Can we get together with somebody else, your advisor, and let's develop a plan?" Because students will tell me, "I just need to study harder." I need to do my work,、mm-hmm. and many students in their in their mind think like I've solved it now. All I have to do is. I, I mean, I had a student tell me that today. I just have to do my work, and the question begins. No, we need to talk specifically. What does that mean? You know,、mm-hmm. how many minutes are you going to spend on this subject today? How many minutes on that subject? How many minutes are you going to spend talking to your advisor about this、uh, with your、um, teacher? So that you have to be very specific, and that's part of that planning. So you don't reach the point where you lose control, because when you're losing control, breathing exercises and relaxation and all of those things don't help as much as they would if you had just planned better.、Mm-hmm.
Yeah. Planning is a big thing for high schoolers. You know, like, not just planning for completing homework, but also, like, test reviews and also, like, sports events and going to this social sure. event. Like, what are you planning to do this weekend? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I, I tell students uh, this week, because we're going on break, is what are you going to do for fun? You know, where are you going to find this little pocket of joy over the break? Because you've been working hard. You've been doing a lot of things. Now it's time to take a break and uh, to relax and kind of re-energize and then come back. You know, so you have to plan that sometimes, you know, and you have to figure how am I going to do that? What am I going to do? Uh, Unfortunately, some students over the break are going to have to get caught up, Mm -hmm. you know. So how are you going to find time to get caught up? What am I going to do? And again, um, because we need breaks, you might say for the first two days, I'm not going to do much. But then, um, I'm then you know, I'm, I'm then I'm going to start. Yeah, definitely. Planning is a big thing for students in high school, college, or just in general. Effective planning, such as being more specific on what task to complete and prioritization are important. Planning doesn't just include academics, but also for athletics, social events, talking to parents, etc. So we've talked about self-control and distractions. Um, what are some best ways you would suggest students to practice better self-control and supervise ourselves? How can we pull ourselves from distractions For example, if I have my phone out while studying, some people can't help themselves from being distracted by social media, you know, like every five or ten minutes. Well, the first thing I think that um, I suggest to students is to to identify what your distractions are. Like you just Mm -hmm. just identified a really strong distraction, your phone, Mm -hmm. social media sites. So I ask students, when you study... Um, and you're going to go back tonight and study, what are some of the things that will distract you, that will get in your way? And I've heard things like, most of the time, it's the phone, Mm -hmm. my roommate, Mm -hmm. you know, the lighting, um, the noises in the hall, all of these different things that distract everybody from trying to start a task and finish it. So if you list them, at mm-hmm. least you have them right in front of me now. Now they're not so conceptual, they're real. It's like, this is what distracts me. And then you can start like, how can I solve these particular problems? Like, can I have a discussion with my roommate? Yeah. Can I choose a different place to study? Can I go to the library? You know, mm-hmm. Can I go to mm-hmm. somewhere outside the common room, for example, mm-hmm. to study? Can I have, do I have the discipline? Remember we talked about discipline. Do I have mm-hmm. the discipline to take my phone and shut it off and put it in another part of the uh, room so mm-hmm. it's not there in front of me. Because if you're trying to do work in your phone, you're getting text messages. Yeah. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to look at them. So identifying the distractions and then having a plan as to how you can deal with them, I think, is the first step and a great, great step. Mm-hmm. But then it implies that you have the self-control and the discipline to do it. You know, yeah, You have to put definitely. the phone away, you know. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be still very difficult for you not to look at your phone if it's on, it's right there while you're trying to write a paper or finish a project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's important to list down the stuff 
you know, like planning, and also it's really important to stick yourself onto that schedule so you're not just writing stuff down but not actually following it. Right. And I think physical distractions are definitely like easier to avoid. You know, like phone or if your roommate is being loud, you can just go to the library.、Mm-hmm. But I think another kind of distraction is just your thought. Like if you. Are going through something, or if you just came back from like sports practice, you're physically tired or you're emotionally draining. You just how like how would that distraction? How would you pull yourself from that kind of distraction? Not just physical. You need、objects. to schedule. I, I I think well, obviously, if there's something going on emotionally, that's a very big distraction. Yeah. You know, so you have to address whatever emotional issues are going on because that's going to be very difficult、mm-hmm. for you not to uh, uh, focus on.、Mm-hmm. Other distractions that are going on in your head, so to speak, your thinking, maybe your thoughts are racing.、Uh, it's important to,、um, like, if you're coming back from sports and you're going to dinner, and maybe it would be wise to take a half hour, twenty minutes, and just have a break where you just don't do anything, or take that opportunity to think about those thoughts.、Mm-hmm. I also suggest to students that they have what I would call brain breaks. You know,、yeah. every twenty, twenty-five minutes. Even if you just get up, walk around your dorm room, get up to fifteen, twenty jumping jacks, something、mm-hmm. that engages in some physical activity and continues to distract you from whatever you're doing, that's okay. That's what I would call a positive distraction that you schedule. The problem with some students is once they take that brain break, break they don't go back. Yeah, you know, it's like,、mm-hmm. I, all right, the twenty minutes is up. Or take twenty minutes and go to your phone and send twenty minutes on your phone and then come back. So it's important to schedule those breaks because that not only helps with those physical distractions you described and talked about, but also the mental distractions. Yep.、Um, another point that a lot of researchers raised is when the students are asked about the extent to which parents give appropriate time, advice, and encouragement for the students to succeed in school. They comment that instead of support, there is a high demand and expectation on、um, children's performance at school, which is another stress factor. So, how do we deal with parents' high demands, and how can we avoid the pressure coming from other people's expectations? That's a really difficult question. I don't know、mm-hmm. that you can avoid it because if a parent is going to be persistent in a demand. Uh, in a very real sense, that you achieve at a certain level, the first thing you want to do, if you can have a discussion with them, is say, "Is that realistic? You know, is that level, that expectation, or those expectations that you have for me, are those realistic?、Mm-hmm. If you don't feel there's,、uh, they are realistic, then you have to do whatever you can to have a discussion with your parents, and maybe enlist the help of your advisor or other people, other adults, to have that have that discussion with your parents as well. So. Starting to determine first of all, are those expectations too much, unrealistic?、Mm-hmm. Because if they are, then it's going to be very difficult to cope with them. Yeah. You know, and if their parents are、um, that adamant, then it, you're pretty much in a pretty tough situation. And, and so that you may need some help to help your parents understand that this is too much.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that if parents are telling you like you need to do this, this, that, that, and you need to study and do this, and even on breaks if you need to study over the break, I suggest to students that you provide for them a schedule. Like here, mom and dad, this is my schedule for the Thanksgiving、yeah. break. 
This is what I'd like to achieve. Here's what I'm wanting to do over the Christmas break. So that you kind of take it and be proactive and sense, this is what I'm going to do. And then in that schedule, you're going to schedule time that you can just have for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and to relax. And so, and some parents might find that it's like, I like that. It's the fact that you're coming to me with a schedule. You're coming to me and you're being proactive, telling me what you're going to do over the break. Especially if they're putting a lot of pressure on you to do that. That's a difficult, difficult situation students are in because they're your parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and they may say, I don't um, really care about how you feel about all of that. You yeah. Know, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sending you to reserve and this is what I want you to do. Yeah. Um, and so it begins, a, and it doesn't happen overnight. It just begins uh, having a dialogue with your parents, helping them to understand how you're feeling and how this pressure I, I think the best approach that I suggest to students is that I know you want me to achieve and you want me to do very well here, but this pressure is making it even more difficult for me to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that if you help them under, you put it in the context that if this is what you want, you know, kind of back off a little bit. It'll be easier for me to get there. Yeah, I think making a plan and showing it to your parents would actually help with, you know, like the pressure your parents give you because. I think for most of the times, the reason why parents ask you to go do your work is that they, they're worried that you're just not doing it. They're worried that you're just wasting your time, like being right. on your phone. Mm-hmm. But if you're showing them that I'm actually trying, this is my effort, I wrote it down, mm-hmm. this is my plan for the day. And if you look at it, you will know that I'm, I'm actually trying. I'm not just, you know, giving myself breaks all the time. Right. Yeah. And also communicating with parents letting them understand that, you know, we're different people. I have my pursuits in life. I have my interests, my priorities. I think that's also really important, too. I do, too. I think it's very important. And to have that discussion more often than just once, you know, because sometimes it takes a while for a parent to hear that kind of Mm -hmm. information. Yeah, and I think that also creates, like, a trust between you and your parents. Exactly. If you're telling your parents that this is my goal and I believe myself that I can do it, then like mom and dad, you should also believe in me, giving me the trust and will actually push me more, just forcing me to, you know, go to work. Yes. Yeah. Another recurring suggestion that many psychologists have is building a peer support system in high schools. Since the current system of mental health support for teen communities is inefficient and difficult to access, what can we as students do to remind the school and our families of our demands for more help and support? And what should the school's administration and parents do in order to better support adolescents' mental health at school? Well, that's a lot of... Yeah. (laughs) uh, um, I, I think, first of all... I think students should have a voice. I think students here at Western Reserve Academy do have a voice Mm -hmm. and have voiced their concerns. One of the things that I tell people um, about Western Reserve Academy is that here at Western Reserve Academy, we have two student-derived and run groups, such as the Students Who Care and the Student Listeners, that started um, out of um, a, a need based from students to have more of a voice in what happens in terms mm-hmm. of what help access mm-hmm. the mental health services. And, and the thing that I'm most proud about is that students continue to lead in mm-hmm. this regard, and they provide those services. 
So the first part of your question is, yes, students have a voice and they need to express those concerns. And I would say that, that um, much like you'll learn as you continue to go through life, it's how you express those concerns that's also important. Mm -hmm. If you go into the head of school or the associate head of school or the director of counseling and psychological services and say you're not doing a good job, then I think that people are going to be more likely to become defensive yeah. as opposed to this is what we think needs to happen. This is some of the here are some of the suggestions that we have, and I think the administrative team would be much more open to listening, you know, to mm -hmm. the students' voice at that in that point. Uh, I, I think that. When you talk about mental health across the community here at Western Reserve Academy, it's multi-factored and faceted yeah. so that you have services provided such as counseling services. You have student-led and run organizations, again, such as student mm -hmm. listeners. Uh, you have the prefects, the student leaders. I mean, so I think all of these different avenues have, over the years, created more access to mental health services here, mm -hmm. have created less of a stigma to yeah. accessing mental health services here. Mm -hmm. But it's much more than just the services. I mean, we have to think about on a daily basis. And this is where the administration um, and the day-to-day -day operation of the school, you know, like um, a mental health day you yeah. know, mm -hmm. or different kinds of activities that occur during the day or... Uh, we're going to have a day off, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of yeah. stuff. And looking at the schedule and saying, how can we improve the schedule from a, a, a student perspective, um, you know, so that it is not overwhelming to them on a daily basis. And again, I think students have a voice there, you know, that they mm -hmm. can talk to uh, the people that, that set out the schedule and do those kinds of things and say, this is what we think uh, could happen and this is what we think could change mental health mm -hmm. uh, across the, the community. So it's it's a system problem. It's looking uh, at the whole community. It's looking at uh, the services that are available, accessing services, providing an avenue for students not only to receive services, but to talk about mental health issues, have meetings, you know, have people come in and give um, discussions and talks, all of that fits whether it's mental health, substance use and abuse or, or whatever. Right. I definitely agree that it is important to openly address mental health because in previous years there was, you know, a long standing stigma associated with talking about mental health or psychological disorders. People around us reacted when some of us met with a counselor with a school counselor. But now when we're raising the awareness of promoting mental health in our communities, such as, you know, morning meeting announcements and having mindfulness yoga workshops, etc. And now we can see the difference when more students are willing to meet with counselors and value mental health more. And this initiative taken by students is helping our peers in the community to improve their overall mental health and valuing mental health as part of our overall well-being. Right. And I think that, you know, you, it, it, I think it's just in terms of taking care of each other. Yeah. You know, so that if you know somebody that's struggling, you can help them, move them in the right direction. And um, seeing something and saying something, I think all of those things are important. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah.
So thank you, Dr. Sherla, for well, your time today. Just a recap of what we talked about today. We learn a lot about dealing with stress and anxiety, the importance of planning, practicing self-control, dealing with distractions and parental pressure, and how we can support each other at school, in our community, as fellow teenagers. And just a little final thought to end our episode today. The feeling of being in balance for work and life is not necessarily related to spending equal time in these areas, but to the perception of being in balance, meaning there are some tasks that we prioritize and some that are relatively less important. We all have multiple roles at once, including being a friend, a good student, responsible son or daughter, a brother or sister, a leader in our school, so on and so forth. So when we are trying to reach several pursuits simultaneously, it is important to take priority and practice self-control because it allows us to utilize accurate and effective timing in the face of various needs task and role demands so yeah thank you for listening to the first episode of bubble storia and you can find a link for submissions in bio and you are welcome to submit any personal stories about your experience with stress anxiety and work-life balance and we will share these anonymous submissions in a separate episode Um, So next episode, we will talk about dealing with family issues and homesickness. And I will see you next time. Bye.